The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to wealthwatchwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Stallion, Sharon Shravatsa said this the other day in our group that in a business partnership, whenever you get that agreement, do you read through it? Oh, 100%. And I know I read through mine uh, in, in depth before we got into business together. I wanted to make sure I knew all the ins and all the outs, right? <laughs> our, all our prenups, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but here, it, it, you know, being serious, uh, we do. Like when we, we're going to get into that business relationship, we want to make sure we know on the front end, before there's money, that we have all the details already agreed upon. And if you've ever been in a business partnership that failed, you knew that there was something that you didn't agree on from the very beginning that you should have that probably caused that issue that caused you to get out of business with one another. Well, we're in a business partnership with the U.S. government with our tax dollars. And so many of us, like me, are not spending any time reading those agreements. And it's so important to have people on our team, like our guest today, who will break down ideas that help us better understand that partnership. What do you think, Sally? That's right. Mark Pearlberg joins us today to talk about the top three mistakes he sees in entrepreneurs and real estate investors making that they're paying unnecessary taxes. We're talking cost segregation. We're talking about not having a tax strategy, having tax compliance instead, and not understanding the losses and how we can take advantage of them. So I know it's very timely. It's the end of the year, but we need to jump right in to taking advantage of these tax tips right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Wealth Without Wall Street Tribe, get ready to save on your biggest expense, your taxes. We're here with Mark Pearlberg. Mark, so glad to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me. All right. Well, Joey just said taxes is our biggest expense, Mark. I bet you that you have a story, an egregious uh, overpayment story where someone made the mistake of not knowing what to do and just paid their favorite uncle, Uncle Sugar, way more than they had. You got a story maybe you can share with the audience to help us understand the value of having somebody like you on their team? Oh, yeah. So, you know, we just took on a client over the summer, and they had seven figures income each year. And their accountant was competent, but never thought to do any tax planning and wasn't well-versed in tax planning strategies. And so I reviewed the return and we see all of these common mistakes. Within five minutes, you know something is up. And so some of the things that we saw that were mistakes is they sold off 
significant portions of their business. So seven-figure capital gains events. No conversation with their tax team on how to mitigate those capital gain events. And they had real estate professional tax status, which is wonderful, but they had no cost segregation studies. So between these two missed items, what we calculated was an overpayment on their 2020 returns of $250,000. We calculated an overpayment on their 2021 returns of approximately $580,000. So we were able, when we took on them for 2022, they were used to paying lots and lots in taxes. We did a cost segregation study and their refund was approximately $450,000 of a refund. We're going to amend their 2021 return. And now a lot of these things, especially with the capital gains, you can't go back. You really need to have that proactive conversation with your tax team when you have a significant event, like a multi-million dollar capital gains event. Still, there are opportunities to do these cost segregation studies with an amendment. We are projecting a $90,000 refund with the amendment of their 2021 taxes. Now, think about this. It's great that we were able to come in for 2022 and in 2021 do this amendment. But now we're talking about over a half a million dollars that could have been invested in other things and compounded over the past two years that just sat there in this interest-free loan that we gave to the IRS in the form of overpaying in taxes, not having a tax plan, and no projection of the tax liabilities. But moving forward, we're going to help them out and we're going to drive them. They paid no taxes on their 2022 return and we're going to keep them in a very low tax bracket moving forward. Mark, yesterday I was on a call and an example like that is a great example of being pissed off. Right. Like that is an example. So many people are hearing this for the first time. There may be even terms that you talked about that they have not even considered. And people get excited about hearing a new tax idea. But I, I heard one of our business partners say it yesterday. He said, I don't get excited anymore when I hear tax ideas for the first time. I get pissed off because that means that the team that I was depending on to have my back on things did not know about or did not implement to help me with those things. So if it's all right, I would love for us to shape our conversation stallion around strategy. Yeah. I heard Mark talking a lot about strategy there. There was some strategy that needed to happen. Yeah. There's definitely some tools. I heard you talk about a few different tools like cost segregation as well as the, I know that there's got to be implementation, right? Some of this yeah. needs to also fall on us, the entrepreneur investor. We also need to come to you as our, uh, advocate and adversary uh, not adversary <laughs> advisor whoa, whoa whoa i'm sorry about that mark you, you're not an adversary it, the irs is the adversary <laughs> anytime i start using big big words there's wow. no telling there's no telling. <laughs> but I, I think helping us better understand how to implement so if that's if that's cool i'd love to talk strategy and kind of your vision and how you help people with strategy and then we can yeah. kind of get into some of those other tools and implementation yeah, absolutely. You know, when you said adversary, you were thought you reminded me. I was thinking about a good Halloween costume was would be if I dressed as an IRS agent and then I issued out W nines to all the people so they could give ten ninety nines for the compensation of candy to the trick or treaters. And the funny thing is, when you knock on the door, they'd all have to answer. 
and open the doors. <laughs> then I come in with the W9s. Uh, but let's get back on topic. So, um, talking, so I believe you asked me to talk about the vision of what a proper tax uh, team would look like in, in tax advisory. Yeah, th- kind of that strategy, right? Like, I mean, the vision, the team, I, all the things that go into that, because there's some of us that have been really going down this road for a while. Maybe there's some of us that are just kind of on the front end of that. We thought the team and the strategy were all packaged in one uh, down at the HRNR block, right? Okay. Yeah, I hear what you're talking about. Now, so a lot of people don't realize this, but they think that if they have a CPA or a tax accountant, they are taken care of, they are protected from the IRS, and that CPA is going to tell them everything they need to know about them and their taxes, and that's absolutely false. Unless you are just having a lower paid W-2 income uh, and, and you're, you're just getting by, but for most of you, the listeners here and most entrepreneurs, and the more affluent you get, the more this is important, is you need someone who is going to not just file your taxes, but be proactive and strategize. And that advisor, that CPA or EA or tax and or tax team needs to consider all of your sources of income, every source of income throughout the entire year and not just report and tell you what you owe uh, in April. So I want to follow up on that. So. Russ, I'll, I'll just get in the way of you for what's in our podcast history. Um, but you're you're talking about different types of income. Like somebody's like, well, I get paid from different sources. How does that, I mean, give us an example. What buckets are you talking about? Absolutely. Because there's different treatment of all these different items. Are we talking about capital gains income, dividend income? Are we talking about passive real estate income? Are we talking about W-2 income? Are we talking about our business Are we talking about retirement account distributions? Anything that's going to hit that 1040 has to be considered in your tax plan. How do I know, Mark, what is the greatest question I could ask my CPA or EA or tax accountant to know if I'm getting strategy? What would be that thing that helps me go, oh, I'm getting that or no, I've never gotten that. How could I ask a question to start unlocking that? Yeah, so, you know, if... If you are asking that question, then you're not getting the strategy. <laughs> so it's a simple answer. If you're not sure if your CPA is doing anything at all, then they're not doing anything at all because it takes a lot of work and research and collaboration to do those strategies. So if they're not even communicating with you and talking about planning opportunities, uh, then all they're doing is reporting your return. Now, what's funny is, and I think it might have been each in our block, they'll say, we reduce your taxes by $5,000 by you having a 401k. Like, what? No, you didn't. You just plugged in the amounts from the W-2. You didn't do squat. Mark, so, by the way, hey, watch watch your watch your tone, okay? 401k is a, a cuss word on this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to ask a question about that. You said a word collaborate. Yeah, I think that if you talk about someone's experience with their accountant, collaborate is not a word that you would use in the way that those relationships have have taken place. How, when you say collaborate, what does that look like practically? Like, is it multiple times during the year? Is it just as needed? Like, how does it look for you? 
So the way that we determine best works for us is that there's a spectrum of how much collaboration you need here. Now, for some people, let's say you're making 75000 and have a W-2, there's probably minimal collaboration. You may not even need a CPA. But we have different packages. Some of our clients are serial entrepreneurs that we meet monthly. And just by understanding all of their new businesses and activities and events, we can come up with ideas, bring ideas to the table, make sure no deductions are missed. And by really diving into the weeds of their business, there's a lot of opportunities. <clears throat> Other clients we meet on a quarterly basis. Um, just to stay on top of things. And others, we have mid-year and year-end tax planning to collaborate. In addition to that, when we take clients on, we educate them on how to have a functional and productive relationship with us by educating them on what do you need to tell your accountant so we can have our finger on the pulse of your life events, businesses, and all tax-related activities so we can work together through these items and make sure that we are navigating the tax code compliantly and most effectively. I think, Mark, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think a lot of times we fear as the general public having a conversation with you as the CPA, the advisor in this scenario, is that we know you get paid by the hour, right? That's typically how most professional services are billed. And we're like, I don't understand what I'm going to do. So I'm going to start getting charged for this content. And it's like, whether it's an attorney or a CPA, it's like, I, I'm going to have as few conversations as I possibly can. That's how I'm saving money, right? They think of the expense of paying you to talk to you instead of what the result of that conversation looks like. Does that sound fair? Yeah. So, you know, especially if you're making at least a half a million dollars a year, you got to start looking at your tax team as an investment and a, a qualified and competent advisor is going to create you tax savings many times more than what you're paying them. And also the way that we have structured our fees is that we do a flat monthly rate that incorporates all of our prepar preparation and advisory. So if they've already locked us in at a certain price, uh, that's going to incentivize them to see the most ROI on our services. So they're already paying for having access to our advisory. So now if they don't contact us and communicate, now they feel like they're missing out on something they've already paid for. Gotcha. So I, I don't want to miss, uh, first of all, that's really helpful to, to understand how you guys have operated uh, from a cost perspective. But now we're still under this guise of like strategy. And I've heard you talk about the different types of income need to be considered in that. The It sounds like the collaboration goes into that strategy. Yeah. So someone who's super active with multiple entities and constantly changing businesses and um, i.e. Russ Morgan, you know, you need to meet with that person more regularly is that's a part of a strategy. Is there anything else about strategy or vision that would be important as someone is is looking to maximize their tax savings. Yeah, so you know, like we said earlier, like talk to your accountant because most accountants um, are very, you know, it's very compliance work heavy. And, and you know, like I said, make sure they're on top of you know you life events, changes in your business income strategy and goals. And I believe you're, what you're asking me here, and get me if I'm wrong. How can we make sure that we're aligning our strategy with our vision? Right. And, and what's important about that in terms of a relationship with a tax planning firm in general? Like when somebody has no experience like this, it's all new under this guise of strategy. How, what should they expect to be involved in that? 
Right. So, you know, what you really want to do here is, is you want to make sure that you have a tax strategy that's aligned with your goals and visions. So you need a tax strategy where you're looking at and your advisor is looking at all of your sources of income and how they're going to and all, all of these events that are going to be tied to your goals, whether it's your income doubling or whether it's you leaving your career or retiring or whatever it is. You want to make sure that your tax plan is aligned with your projection and your goals. And that's that can be challenging because no one has a crystal globe. And as you know, as you're navigating your goals and your vision, it's not always a straight path. You go on some detours. Maybe a deal goes south. Well, if you lose money, uh, there are tax opportunities for that. And when you make a lot of money, there's tax planning implications for that. So you really want to make sure that you're going down this path with a tax team that's going to be aware of these things and your progress towards these goals and also navigating changes in the tax law so you're making the right decisions along the way. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30-second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. By the way, Mark, there's plenty of crystal globes. You can buy them on Amazon. Doesn't mean they give you the data that you want, but I've purchased several (laughs) and it continues to not necessarily provide the answers I was looking for. You talked a little bit about strategy. I do want to talk about tools, right? Like I think sometimes we kind of geek out on tools and some of those ideas, maybe that's out there. It's okay. The cat's in the background for those of you who are watching, but you know, if it walks in front of you, now we're going to have some real issues, right? I don't, I don't know. You know, he does. Everybody is, but he loves hearing about cost segregation. Once we started talking about cost, he jumps on the table, but yeah, sorry. (laughs) He loves this stuff. He loves selling taxes. I didn't realize you had a business partner, Mark. So it's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> T- talk to us a little bit about like a tool that maybe the, the person listening to us who's a real estate investor, maybe they're um, an entrepreneur. What are some of those tools that they might need to consider having in their framework? So I think that one of the most important things you can do is just to be aware of what you can deduct and maximizing your deductions. Now, that's this is a, may sound like a really simple tool, um, but a, we we find that a lot of advisors just assume that business owners know what they can deduct, um, and what you know. And then when they get their information from business owners and real estate investors, they find they just they take it at face value. They don't realize that there so many deductions are 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 missing. You know, they're leaving so much on the table. So I think one of the tools is just having an understanding of what mileage deduction is, meals deduction, et cetera, et cetera. Well, so what are some of those common things people miss that are deductions that they're like, oh, I didn't know I could do that? 
Yeah. So I think that there's a, a lot of people are, you know, I think that there's a lot of flexibility in what we can call business meals, business meal deductions. And, and there's a lot of opportunity to create business meals and having business meals with your significant other. Uh, with travel, you, you, you could potentially have a vehicle qualifying for bonus depreciation, even if you're financing it. You can write off up to 80% in year one. Uh, and then, you know, and then some little things. It's so, you know, most of our clients are in real estate. I can't tell you how many real estate investors forget to provide us their insurance costs on their rentals or even deduct our fees, which we add back into their tax return. Uh, so a lot of things like that. And just having good records, having one credit card or business card where all your expenses are going out so you can track them. Um, these are really, these are on the spectrum of things. These are very small, very simplistic things, but they can add up to thousands and thousands of savings. So so besides understanding uh, business deductions and what's available, what's not, what's another tool that uh, someone listening could say, ah, this would be something I need to look into? So I think for our clients, uh, you know, when we think about tools, it will, I think about like the strategies of, you know, of depreciation and real estate. You know, I think that just understanding, having an understanding of the tax treatment and the opportunities with real estate is to build wealth and re reduce your taxes is amazing to see if you can create non-passive losses with real estate can be life-changing. And then if you mean by like, actual legitimate tools, we also have some Excel work papers for tracking your expenses, classifying them. Um, obviously, QBO is a fantastic tool. Uh, we have MileIQ for tracking tracking your mileage. Uh, so those are some some more tangible tools that we recommend for our clients. The tools are important. The strategy is way more important. But also, I don't want to give or miss the opportunity to talk about implementation. I think this is where many of our listeners, if they're anything like Joey and I, and I hope that you are in the good ways and are not in the bad ways, but let's just pretend there's a few of them that are in the bad ways. They struggle on follow through. They struggle on implementation. Talk about some of those implementation items and maintenance items that us entrepreneurs and investors need to do on a regular basis to protect ourselves and to put us in a position to work better with the strategists and our accountants. Yeah. So I think that some of the things you really want to do here to, to maintain your tax strategy is uh, like we talked about earlier, obviously you want to have good documents and records and have clean books and have just all your expenses coming out of your business account. So you don't have expenses getting lost in your records. So that's some of the basic stuff, but some of the more important stuff here is you want to be proactive in material events in your income. So if you're going to have a capital gain event, let's say you're going to liquidate some stock, sell a property, or you're expecting a, you know, a significant jump up in your income. You want to be working with your tax team to help them understand and be proactive in, in this situation to make sure that they can help you navigate those wars. And then also some other things to, to when we think about uh, implementation, keeping good records of things that are related to your expenses are, you know, so we have, we have real estate professionals, so we need to document our material participation to create non-passive losses for our real estate investing. Um, if you have an S-corp, 
know, making sure that you understand what an S corp means and maintaining payroll, understanding your entity structure and how to compliantly implement those structures so it'll maximize your savings and maintain compliance is extremely important. What are what are some tips on actually doing the documentation though? Because I think everybody has great intentions. You're talking about that investor who is literally jumping in his truck and going to see 10 properties today. And he's got all these, he, he stops for gas. He stops to get lunch. He throws the receipt in the glove box and he has yep. great intentions. And then the, they get eaten, right? By your car or your laundry or whatever it may be. What are some like best practices that you've seen that maybe you're able to provide for the, the client or you're able to yeah. help them be more, you know, better at this? Yeah. So I hate keeping physical documents and so I don't keep any receipts. So all you have to do is take a picture with your phone and you're good to go. They'll, they will be time stamped. And if you are audited regarding your receipts, you will be able to retrieve and tie those to the date of the transaction with the timestamp of the photos. Now, uh, some other things you can think about here, some tools, there's something called Doc Hub or Hub Doc. And it'll take a picture and you'll set it up so that automatically goes to your bookkeeper. And let's say, and you know, when it comes to keeping records here, a book, you know, a bookkeeper is ideal, but let's say we don't have a bookkeeper. We want to make sure that all of our expenses have a few three things. One, we want to make sure that we have a picture of the receipt. Second, we want to make sure we have the details detailing that expense. So what's the amount? Who did we buy it for? Well, buy it from? When was the transaction? And then finally, we need to trace that to whatever bank account it was to demonstrate that we didn't just dive into a pile of receipts in the dumpster outside of Home Depot. These are legitimate expenses coming from our bank account. And that's why, again, we want to have an LLC bank account where these are coming from. And uh, what you can do now, now let's say you don't have a bookkeeper and let's say you're an early stage entrepreneur and you're totally behind. Um, you, what you can do is just export your bank statements to Excel, all of the transactions for the year. You can filter them out to get the business ones and right from Excel, you can start putting together an income statement. Talk about really quickly, Mark, the value and importance of having your own bookkeeper. Cause I think that's something that may be a little foreign that people are like, should I get a, my own bookkeeper at what, at what level does it make sense? Like in your experience and your, um, you know, looking at all the different people that you served, where does that make sense? And, and how does it pay for itself? Yeah. So here's the thing is you don't want to dabble in bookkeeping. It's a profession and it is hard. You know, I think that people don't realize how hard it is to do, to maintain a set of books and do reconciliation. And if you are like, you're, you're building a dream here, you're building a business, you're learning so much and you really want to make this a reality and build a seven figure business. Think about the opportunity cost of teaching yourself and maintaining your own QuickBooks online file. So I think the sooner, the better that you can get yourself out of the bookkeeping the easier your life is going to be. It's going to be able to free up your brain power to do more valuable things in your business and grow your business. And I also, you know, you're also going to find that the bookkeeper will do a better job, help keep you in check 
and you will reduce your risk of non-compliance by having messy, unreconciled, misclassified books. Um, now, I think if you're just starting off and you, you know you have a little side hustle and you have a couple of transactions, you could probably get away with doing it in Excel. But I would say as soon as you start driving legitimate profit, uh, you want to start as soon as possible considering a bookkeeper on your team. Legitimate profit. Give me a number. What does that look like? I think it depends on... Okay, you know, how about this? As soon as you can afford one, get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I heard you say, and I'm going to recap this as you're listening, Tribe Down the Road, because you're thinking like Joey and I, you're saying, when, like how much money do I need to be making to make it make sense? And what I heard you say, Mark, there's two elements, which I love. I want to highlight what you said, but Joey and I were thinking one way. I wrote down this question and he asked it before I did, when? And really what we were thinking is, when does it make sense financially to expense this, right? Bookkeepers are going to call, cost me 10000 a year, $50,000 a year. It doesn't matter what the number is. We're thinking, when does it make sense to do that? Some of us, when does it make sense to have an assistant, right? When does it yeah. make sense to hire a COO, a president? We, are, we all have these thoughts in our head. When does it financially make sense? But you actually leveled this up one step, which I love, is that you brought in when are you now starting to trade the your highest producing potential for this whatever level potential, right? Like if I can produce at $100 an hour or $5,000 an hour, every time I do any exercise that is at a 10 to 20 or $25 an hour work, I am now expensing a major part of my opportunity cost. And I think that that's the level up tribe is that you have to think about when are you doing an exercise, doing a job that someone else could do not only better, but for a significantly lower wage than you are. Because we need to be out there thinking of ways that we can produce hundreds or thousands of dollars an hour and allow other people with skilled expertise at a lower wage to do that thing. Mark, this yeah. has been fun to kind of talk about strategy, for us to talk about the tools, talking about implementation. If somebody wanted to connect with you, where would you have them go? So if you want to learn and just hear me talk about some of the things we do, we dive a lot into technical tax strategies and whatnot. Um, you're going to find me all over social media. I do uh, videos daily on Instagram and LinkedIn. My Instagram is Mark Pro CPA Tax, but um, we have a free community as well. Go to markperlbergcpa.com and we have a button. We just created this and we're trying to build an audience uh, to our weekly tax talks between now and the end of the year. And after that point, we're still going to do regular tax talks, free Q&A to anyone. We have lots of entrepreneurs and affluent real estate investors. You're going to find a link to go to markprobergcpa.com. Uh, you can join and sign up for free. And also you're going to, on that site, you're going to see all uh, a bunch of other articles and videos and webinars and just check out, join our mailing list. And uh, we hope to add value and educate as many people as we can. Mark, thanks as, uh, again for being willing to come on and add value to the tribe. Tribe, uh, we pray that you got value from today's show and that you will take action on this to start saving on those dollars that you would normally have given up unnecessarily to start investing them on your journey to financial freedom, to get there as fast as possible. 
If you need some help along the way, go to wealthofthatwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Talk to one of our coaches about how you can take action and how you can get there faster. As always, if you love the show, please like it, share it, and rate it so that we can beat the big tech algorithm. As always, we'll see you on the next show. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.